Hey there, I'm Jesse Hall, and I'm your host for Business Elite Brevard Edition, the podcast that brings you all of the influencers, innovators, and industry leaders from right here on the Space Coast. And welcome. It's a uh, beautiful Sunday evening here from uh, Space Coast Podcast Studios. This is Business Elite Brevard Edition, and I am your host, Jesse Hall. Welcome all. So if you're tuning in on Facebook, and we go uh, live on Facebook uh, pretty often when we broadcast this podcast. So if you're listening uh, after the fact, then certainly try to uh, uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, and then you'll get the notifications. And then uh, when we go live, you can join us here live behind the scenes as we record every podcast and uh, and see, again, what's going on in the studio. We have uh, an opportunity for you to put in some comments. So if you have any questions regarding the show uh, at any time, go ahead and put those in there, and we'll probably go ahead and, and have a look at it and entertain your questions and comments. Uh, with me in the studio, I have uh, Jim Frazier with Grimaldi Candy Company. Now, uh, Jim has uh, been in the uh, chocolate business for a long time, and he's going to explore more of that. But first, as with every episode, we just ask that you know you share the uh, the stream if you're watching live, and of course, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Make sure you give us a big like, and uh, we also have a uh, Instagram uh, handle as well, Space Coast Podcast. There, so you can watch again more of the behind the scenes and, and other things that are happening here in Brevard County. Um, so with that, I want to, uh, give a, again, a big warm welcome to Jim. Welcome, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Jesse. So I'm a big fan of chocolate. I think most of our listeners are big fans of chocolate. Um, and we're going to, we're going to learn where your passion came from, but I think in order to kind of learn about that, let's, uh, discover where exactly, uh, you know, the, the Jim brand happened. Uh, where were you born and raised? So I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Uh, and I spent... You know, uh, went through high school, went through college there, and then I went off of my career. But I've spent my entire career mm-hmm. in the food industry and primarily most of it in the chocolate industry. And were you inspired by Willy Wonka? You know what? I don't <laughs> think I was. You know, my father gave me some advice early on yeah. in my life and said, you want to do one of two things, go into food or pharmaceutical. People yeah. are always going to eat. And sorry to say, they're always going to be sick. Yeah. So, and, you know, I took the route of the uh, food industry. Great, great. So, uh did you, were you always a good student growing up? I was, you know, let's say I was an okay, okay student. Okay. I love sports, and, you know, I excelled in that. And mm-hmm. uh, as I got older, I became much better as, at being a student, yes. Did you play sports growing up? Uh, yes, I did. You know, yeah. baseball, football, wrestling, and what have you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you got, you got a good uh, amount of discipline earlier, learned to be a team player as well, you know, with those team sports. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm very grateful for having – been in team sports as well growing up you know it really helps you especially in someone uh, of, of your position being able to be work with others is what is what you need to happen you know so talk about our, your education were you always a good student uh did you get to so i went to university of cincinnati and yeah. uh you know w- went through there and, and you left there and started right out in my career okay and uh my my first job was with the ralston prina company the cereal division in cincinnati ohio uh, my father had worked there. He was an engineer there for 36 years, and so I had a little bit of help getting in there. And shortly after I, uh, you know, got there, and you know, I was doing the uh, seven day a week, 12 hour a day thing, and sure. I started getting that entrepreneurial spirit. So I, I uh, spent a number of years there at Ralston, and then I went and uh, took a couple different uh, jobs, building sugar companies and 
you know, out in the, the, the middle of the country. And then I had the opportunity to uh, get in chocolate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of where my, uh, my uh, what we call my Willy Wonka experience, sure. people like to call it. Uh, I ended up uh, up in Michigan. Okay. And I spent uh, almost 14 years up in Michigan building a company up there and building them into one of the largest private label chocolate manufacturers in the United States. Mm-hmm. So what that meant is if you went into like every major retailer in the U.S., big box, grocery, whatever it might be, right. and you went down the candy aisle, whether it be a Walmart or it be a Kroger or a Safeway or even a Publix, mm-hmm. you went down that aisle and you seen their brand of chocolates, whether chocolate you know, raisins, double peanuts, malted milk balls. Mm. There's a good probability it was coming out of GKI, GKI Foods up in Michigan. Fascinating. Um, so so you stayed up in, in that Rust Belt area between Ohio and Michigan for most of your career and upbringing, it seems like. That is correct, yes. I spent right. a majority of my career, you know, in the Ohio and the Michigan mm. uh, region. Like I said, I spent 14 years in, in Michigan, mm. and then uh, my, my wife, who is from California, didn't like the winters. Mm-hmm. So I humored her and moved her to Chicago. So I went over, that didn't go over real well. Right. <laughs> and then I spent a number of years in Chicago, and I don't know if you remember that one snowstorm about eight, nine years ago mm-hmm. where people were actually getting their cars stuck on Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Yeah. My wife told me at that time, she said, you know what, I, I can't keep doing these winters. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, how about if we move south? And I thought, well, you know what, I traveled all the time. As long as I was, you know, near a major airport, I was okay. Uh, straight to Florida. So, you know, we, uh, we uh, moved to the, uh, we live in Merritt Island. Mm-hmm. And a uh, beautiful place to live. We're very fortunate to live where we live. But the first couple of years, I was still working in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So every Thursday, regardless of where I was at, right. I would fly to Florida, you know, spend the weekend. And every Sunday, I would fly back to wherever I was needed to be at. Mm-hmm. And one weekend, I was down here in, in Florida, and we were driving down US-1. And I looked over, and I seen the Grimaldi sign. Mm-hmm. I thought, hmm, I just became curious. So... I, you know, started searching, you know, and doing a little bit of investigation. I sent an email, just a, you know, a blind email to the website, you know, telling whoever was going to read it who I was and what I've done in my career. A couple of days later, the, the owner calls me and says, hey, Jim, you know, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what I want to do. Let's go have a cup of coffee and we'll talk about it. So it, about two weeks later, we finally connected mm. and we worked out where I would come down, run the company, then over a period of time, buy it. So I, I came Came down to Florida full time, and in uh, October 2014, we purchased Grimaldi. So, how, how long were you? Well, I, I, I want to kind of back up because we, we, we skipped over uh, Michigan mm-hmm. and um, sure. and 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 your family. You're building your family. Did you you met your wife in Michigan? She again hated the, the winters. Did you guys uh, have any kids? So both of us were married before. Okay. So I had I have three sons and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And my wife has a uh, son. He okay. actually lives in Tampa. My uh, children live, my daughter lives in Iowa, and my three sons live in Ohio. Okay. Well, well that's yeah. an extended family all over the Exactly. The exactly. Very cool. So you guys are empty nesters. We are. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, tell us about that first job in Michigan, building that company. You said, uh, you mentioned, you know, how, how you really increased that revenue. Explain for somebody who doesn't know the food industry, how, how, do, how does somebody just start to, to make a 200%, 300% growth? What does, that, what does it take? So, it, you, and that's a very interesting question mm. because, you know, when I first went up there, I had no chocolate knowledge at that time at all. Okay. 
I had food industry knowledge. Mm-hmm. And one thing about Ralston Prino, what they did is they sent me to every food school that I would bring to them say, hey, you know, I want to go to AIB school. Here, I want to mm-hmm. do this. I want to go to this food safety school. And they let me. So when I, I had a tremendous amount of food knowledge, mm-hmm. not so much experience, but I had a lot of knowledge through the manufacturing, formulation, you know, sanitation, food safety, all those things I developed mm-hmm. with a, a deep you know, amount of knowledge in there. So when I had the opportunity to go up to Michigan, I went up there under the basis mm-hmm. that, okay, you've got a food company here. Right. Here's what you do well. And I took what they were already doing well, and I entered into certain aspects of the market, large retail. Okay. One of the first large accounts we had, we became the private label manufacturer for Walgreens in oh. a, across the entire country. Well, that's pretty huge. Yes. And actually, it's, it's kind of neat how you go about that. Yeah. Is that you literally sit in front of a computer and you're bidding against other companies. Mm-hmm. And every time you bid, that bid is good for one minute. Oh, my goodness. So it's just like if we were bidding on, say, chocolate raisins. Right. And you bid a certain price for it. Then your competitors, have they have 60 seconds to either type in a new price. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't, the time elapses, you're awarded that product. Now you have to you have to win the majority of all those products in order to get the bid. So you're oh. sitting there and you got sweat running down your head. You're like you're typing. It's like, well, should I do this? Should I do right. that? So at, at the end, yeah. we we catapulted our the company forward by getting that account. That was our first real big account. And then you know it just kind of went from there. Then we started buying more equipment. We started expanding our current space. We started bringing people in, and you know we had engineers. We have full maintenance crews. We had people that to really solidly build the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing they didn't have. They had the building, they didn't have the infrastructure, and they didn't have the the technical minds behind it to do it. So when I came in there, that's what I did. I just took the business aspect of it, built the infrastructure out, then we went out and started saying, okay, here's what we can do. Mm -hmm. Let's go capitalize on it. That's when we went and we, you know, got the Walgreens private private label account. Amazing. Then the next thing we did... Right. Is at that time, and this is many years ago, okay. is that Walmart did not have their own great value chocolate line at the time. So, you know, I, I got an appointment, went down there, crashed and burned first couple times, kept going back. And through persistence, they finally said, okay, this makes sense. Let's do it. So I, I had to present in front of the buyers. Then I had to present in front of the private label team. Then I had to present again right. in front of the VPs. Right. And at the end of the day... So now we got that account, the Walgreens account. It was huge. I mean, it, it was staggering. So now we have Walgreens. Right. Now we have Walmart. Then we go out and, and we start working with the other big boxes, you know, the, the groceries, uh, the other large pharmacy chains out there. And before you know it, we've got 100,000 square feet of manufacturing space under roof, and we're producing upwards of almost 100,000 pounds of product a day. Repeat that. 100,000 <laughs> pounds of chocolate a day. Now that's between... You know, chocolate raisins, malted milk right. ball, bridge mix, you know, I mean, peanut clusters. I mean, it was it was a huge, huge operation. It sounds like one heck of an undertaking. And, of course, that's why you, you would see, like, um, you know, I want to mention other brands, but you'll see uh, manufactured with, you know, peanuts and other, like, tree nuts. And exactly. Because it's really hard when, when, you're, when you're dealing across a, a, a section of so many different varieties of ingredients it's really hard to say well yeah that was definitely you know that's allergy free or allergen free you know uh so it must be tough with a facility that big to be able to offer something that's allergy free 
you know, e- even then and even now with Grimaldi, mm-hmm. even though we have lines that are isolated that don't utilize any type of nut, right. you always have the, the, the possibility of cross-contamination. Exactly. Because, you know, they're different, you know, allergen particles go airborne, yeah. and you just never know. So we make the, the blanket claim right. that it's processed in a facility that has nuts and, and different things like that. Exactly. So what, I mean, you must have had the source, the, the cocoa bean. I mean, did you guys get the cocoa powder? Like, at what, what, what point, you know, tell us about the manufacturing of chocolate. For, the, for those who may not be familiar, and, and, and including me, I know there's a few regions, mm-hmm. mostly South America, where, where they grow an abundant of, of cocoa. But were, did you, were you, I'm sorry, you must have had multiple suppliers in order to get all of this. We did. Yeah. We did. So, <laughs> so just to answer your first question, yeah. if, you, if you have a globe and you look at the equator, right. that is where the majority of all your cocoa beans are grown is, okay. is somewhere near the equator because of the the environment right you know that the, the uh, conditions exactly and, yeah. exactly now it's very unique is that you know we actually have classes over in grimaldi we have real cocoa pods mm-hmm. we have a lot of you know students they'll come in and you know they'll they'll schedule a time they get to come in and dip they do different like experiences mm-hmm. so we'll have like homeschool or we'll have other classes of you know 15 20 kids come in We'll line up, and I'm going to answer your question in a second. But yeah, but cool. the the uh, you know they get to dip strawberries and cherries and pretzel sticks and all types of things like that. Mm-hmm. But then we but part of that is an education on chocolate. So I literally have a real cocoa pod there, mm-hmm. and when you shake it, you can hear the cocoa nibs in it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that there is a mechanical way that this this this, sh- this thing is shocked. Mm-hmm. The pods come out. They roast the pods. Right. And then if you can picture going through this big large oven and these little cocoa uh, nibs are being roasted mm-hmm. then they go through a very large stainless steel roller it crushes them so what happens when it gets crushed cocoa butter comes out gotcha. so that's where cocoa butter comes out mm-hmm. the shell keeps going it gets ground and that's where cocoa powder comes mm-hmm. then there's a different there's a process called conching in the in the chocolate industry when they make chocolate is where all these different ingredients go through these rollers to where if you eat a just a common candy bar. We're not going to say names. It doesn't matter. Right. And you eat it, and sometimes it's not very smooth, maybe a little waxy. Mm-hmm. To where if you eat a very high-quality chocolate, it's very smooth. And the only difference is is how many times it goes through that conchi machine, and it keeps breaking those particles down. I so is it, it does it have a, a very smooth texture to mm-hmm. where it probably went through that conchi machine seven times? Mm-hmm. Or your common everyday candy bar you can buy, it goes through one time. That's the only difference. And the only difference between milk chocolate and dark chocolate is when they roast those beans, they actually burn the bean. Mm-hmm. But when, they, when it goes through those crushing rollers, cocoa butter doesn't come out. It's called chocolate liquor. So when you, and it's not alcohol. That's just right. a name they give it. Okay. So when they put in, when they mix all the ingredients together and they put the chocolate liquor in, that's the difference between it. When you pick up a dark chocolate package, it'll say like 60% cocoa solid right. or 80% cocoa solid. The only difference is is that how much of that chocolate liquor is in there. And that's basically burnt cocoa beans when it turns into the paste. So when you eat it and you get that that kind of like that bitter bite, bitter, yeah, it's because yeah. it's burnt cocoa beans. That's the, that's the only difference. Fascinating. So, yeah. So milk chocolate isn't made with milk? Milk chocolate is made with milk fat. Milk fat, okay. And it's made with cocoa butter. Okay. And sugar and cocoa powder. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, so so it's it's now did this one facility in Michigan that that you helped build 
were they getting the pods and doing this from you know processing all the way through or were you getting it some somewhat processed and then finishing it so we did not make the chocolate there okay. so what we had we had these big tall silos mm -hmm. in a special room and these silos would hold 60,000 pounds of chocolate liquid chocolate wow we had three of them and what if you see them on a ro the road it looks like a big gasoline truck right it's actually it's a chocolate truck <laughs> a chocolate and it's truck. filled with liquid chocolate it's wow. heated and in the front of it mm. is like this big squeegee. So as they back up and they're unloading, the squeegee is squeegee in the side of this truck, unloading all of the milk chocolate. This we is, would get between yeah. one to two trucks a day. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you weren't you weren't uh, sourcing the the pod or the bean or the nib or the powder. You were you were getting the, the finished product. The finished product, okay. right? And so, it, so for you as a, as the the end user of the manufacturing process, you were just pretty much just putting a um, putting uh, adding an ingredient like a like a pretzel or whatever, whatever may have you, and then packaging and then uh, labeling and, and shipping. That is correct. You have a couple yeah. different processes in <clears throat> when you make chocolate. So we would take the liquid chocolate, the same way we do it now at Grimaldi. Mm -hmm. You have machines that are called enrobers. Okay. Basically, it's just a machine that covers the top, covers the bottom of a potato chip, mm -hmm. and there's a, a blower on it that basically evacuates the extra chocolate off the top, then it goes through a cooling tunnel. Or we have a panning operation to where the liquid chocolate is transferred to another area of the plant mm -hmm. and utilized to make chocolate raisins, chocolate peanuts, chocolate malt balls, almonds, or whatever it might be. The same process for milk ch chocolate, dark chocolate, or white chocolate. Fascinating. So, um, personal question: What's your favorite chocolate? Dark chocolate. <laughs> dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much? Uh, how much would you could say you consume on a weekly basis? Myself? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's kind of like one of the things <laughs> that you know when it's new, it's like a novelty. Right. But I've been in it for so long. I know you. You always have to test. You know, you have to test things. So well, I, don't, do I don't know. I'm not going to give you a number. I don't know. All right. So, so no, not a lot. So do you do you do you wear the the quality control badge anymore, or you let somebody else do that? You know, I think you know, especially at Grimaldi, you know, we are a very you know uh, unique company where everybody takes a role and responsibility in all aspects of the company. Whether you're the machine operator, you're the feeder, you're the catcher, mm. the packer, everybody's in quality control. We have people in quality, right. but we take great pride in that every step and aspect of the way, we are checking to make sure that we are producing the highest quality product for our customers. Very cool. Well, I hope you guys are uh, continuing to be intrigued as I am, um, you know, just, just seeing this this volume exactly. of, of, you know, some of these facilities and how much they put out. And, and you know, did you, did you know that Walgreens had a white label chocolate? I, you know, so, th so these are pretty exciting things. Um, and and if you were, so I guess it was the, the turn of the, the millennium in 2000 that you got into this corporate role before you decided to go, you know, I don't want to say rogue, but boutique, you know, and, sure. and started this thing. Um, is there anything you miss about the corporate world? You know, I, I, I learned a lot in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate and very blessed to be able to do what I've done. And it gave me, it gave me the tools and the knowledge and the skill set that I needed to be able to go off into that entrepreneurial route. Mm -hmm. So is there anything I miss about it? Right. I don't say I, I miss it or don't miss it. But what I do enjoy now is that having more or less full control uh, of the wheel. So we can develop things, we can we can build new things, we can come up with unique formulas without a lot of that large corporate red tape. Right. So when we go in and we say, hey, we wanna do a you know butterscotch truffle. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we go into kitchen, 
and we start building that formulation. We start mm-hmm. building that recipe. You know, and believe me, every batch we make isn't great. Right. So we always say we're always going back and trying to improve upon it. Mm. But I, I like I like where I'm at now. You know, I, I live that corporate world. I wore the the suit and tie, and now you know I get to do things that that I have a passion for. You know, yeah. I enjoy what I do. Yeah. You know, I like I like to see when those you know mothers and fathers and kids come in and the grandkids come in and they well, they want to tell me exactly how much they they, they love those Grimaldi potato chips. So we're very fortunate to that. We're very blessed, and we have a, a great following here in Bavard County. And uh, yeah, that, we're that, very fortunate and, and, again, appreciative of all of our customers. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get to, you know, a lot of, you know, what you do for the community, and, and we're, sure. we're going to get into that as well. Um, but going back, you know, so was the Chicago job, was, was that more hands-on, or that was just pr- probably like suit tie and behind a desk? That was more of a shoot, you know, a suit and a tie and on an airplane all the time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there was the company I worked for there is uh, it was a company that had facilities in Chicago, Ohio, Texas, California, Mexico. Wow. So, I mean, I did a lot of traveling at that time, mm-hmm. which was one of the drivers to, uh, you know, uh, we ended up in Florida. But that was that was very, very corporate, you know, world there. Yeah. Um, Disclose for us what, what the title of, uh, of of what you did in Chicago. I was senior VP of the Evans Food Group. Is senior it? VP. Okay. Yep. So it, it took a lot of traveling. So you were just pretty much sending accounts at that time, uh, building accounts. So I was in charge of all operations and the entire sales team. So I would okay. I would travel some days for, you know, visiting different facilities, you know, addressing challenges, you know, monitoring progress, or I would find myself sitting down in Bentonville with one of the sales guys, you know, one of the salespeople, you know, presenting new products to Walmart or Minneapolis to Target or whomever it might be. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I did give you a, a quite a, a, an insight as to how, you know, some of these things are, are, are modeled, you know, uh, for, I mean, you know, the, we're ta- you're talking like lots and lots of, of commerce. You're talking, you know, big accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, was it ever intimidating? Did you ever feel like, um, you know, you, you, you would walk into some meetings and not know if it was in the bag or, you know, did, did you have like a pre-meeting routine or anything else like that? I can tell you early in my career, mm-hmm. I mean, I would sit in those waiting rooms mm-hmm. and wait and I'd have a bead of sweat coming down my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it just it's kind of like, you know, it the, the evolution of yourself becoming, you know, new to it. Right where you feel like you're actually good at it so so i always went into i always have a philosophy i won't go into a meeting mm-hmm. if i don't feel i have least an 85 percent chance of winning okay so if i feel that i'm not that prepared or i don't have the right product mix i don't have the right pricing because i mean before you go into any meeting you always do a lot of research mm-hmm. you know you talk with as many people as you can that's done business with that client mm-hmm. you try to understand what their trigger points are is it quality driven is it price driven is it you know, consumer, you know, driven, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. the packaging size, you know, different flavor profiles. So when you check all those boxes mm-hmm. and before you and you can check those before you go into that meeting. Right. You you're you, you have a level of confidence when you go in there that you've you've hit checked all those boxes for that buyer that you're mm-hmm. going to sit in front of and you feel pretty good about winning and walking away with that account. Fascinating. What, what, what would you tell a, like, like say, a, a junior executive uh, coming up? And it doesn't have to be, you know, but let's, just pl- let's just pretend it's a, it's a food industry job. And they want to get away from, you know, maybe like managing, you know, the warehouse or the manufacturing or something of that effect. You know, they're, they're kind of 
you know, right there on top of where everything happens. And they kind of want to get into that ivory tower of a position where, you know, they don't even see chocolate or smell chocolate, but all they do is talk, you know, a product and margins and all, you know, th that kind of thing. Uh, how would you how would you suggest they get into that position to, to you know, get graduate like you did to a senior VP position? So I think you, to answer that question, mm -hmm. one of the things that I always did in, in the, the progression of my career mm -hmm. is I found ways to make myself unique. I found ways to be able to bring a new unique proposition to the table, mm -hmm. whether it's a formulation or a product or a way we produced it or a way of approaching a, a new potential client. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be find a way to make yourself unique and come with solutions. Mm -hmm. Figure out what the challenges are within your organization. Mm -hmm. Figure out where those holes are at and figure out a solution. Take it to your you know, supervisor, to your, you know, whomever it might be sure. and say, hey, you know what? I've got a solution to some of these issues we have, and here they are. That came a little hot, but here's a, a good chance for us to go to break, Jim. Sure. And um, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We're just going to take a quick pause, and uh, it's, can you believe it, already 30 about 30 minutes into the show. Nice. So we're halfway home, and uh, we still have a lot of ground to cover. Again, getting through to uh, from from the start of, of your career, and, and, and now we're going to kind of close the, the back end of the show with Grimaldi Candy Company specifically. So don't go anywhere. We'll be going to be right back. Take care. podcast home of the greatest podcasts on the space coast if you're interested in becoming a sponsor or having your own show email us at space coast podcast at hotmail.com space coast podcast talk hard join us for the fresh new for your best self podcast with doctors anita saluja and rebecca novo of dermatology plus plastic surgery we will reveal the facts about techniques, trends, products, and procedures to be your best self. The first and only podcast combining the synergy of aesthetic dermatology plus plastic surgery. Search for your best self on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Hey, this is Trisha Schmalhofer, hostess of BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics. This podcast is all about seeking knowledge, talking to experts, changing perspectives, channeling wisdom, and shifting consciousness. Listen as we invite a different badass guest each time from a variety of career fields who are living their purpose, spreading light, giving strength and hope, and changing lives every day. We stream live on Facebook, so like our page, interact with us, and watch the behind-the-scenes action. Find BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts under Space Coast Podcast Network. BAM! 
All right, we're back. Oh my goodness, who loves chocolate? I see some uh, some of our live viewers here on Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you're listening to After the Fact, just know that you can watch all of our podcasts live. So make sure you go to Facebook and like Space Coast Podcast now. And that way you won't miss another show and you could kind of join in the fun, ask some questions, offer some comments. And uh, again, see what it looks like behind the scenes as we're recording live here. All right. So, um, and once again, thank you so much for joining me on a Sunday night. I know you're a busy, busy man. I think this is like your only night available. Um, so I really appreciate you coming in and, uh, and, and, and offering this because, uh, you know, it's so nice to highlight all of the, the, the movers and shakers, business people, um, you know, here on the, the Space Coast. And uh, Jim, from what, from what we've already gathered here in this first segment, uh, it, sound, it sounds like you, um, you didn't really take a sacrifice, but you, you chose to take all of this learning, all of this, you know, this, this big high profile, you know, kind of um, – uh, positioning and, and executive ship and, and things of that nature. And you chose Florida to just relax and be that entrepreneur that you, that you always, uh, dreamed of being, uh, what has changed for you since, you know, some like dramatic changes from going to that, the high rise in Chicago and, and, and that kind of traveling kind of guy to now being able to work in, in flip flops and, and a t-shirt. Well, you know, there's probably a couple answers for that. Number right. one, it doesn't snow here. Right. So that's a big <laughs> plus. Uh, and also, I don't sit in traffic for three and a half, four hours a Amen. day either. Amen. So those two yeah. by itself. And plus, I think my wife is very happy here, mm-hmm. which is uh, also very important. You know, it's uh, as far as, you know, career-wise, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it was a wasn't a, a shock. Mm-hmm. But I, I came down here with the mindset of saying, you know what, I'm taking a great brand. That's already, you know, loved within, you know, communities. And I had the opportunity to take it and do more with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when, you know, we came down here, I came down here just not to say, okay, we're going to sell to the stores and into the community. I started looking outward. And in part of that past experience and my knowledge of how to approach mass retail, uh, we started doing uh, business with Publix. Mm -hmm. Publix has been a tremendous account for us. We're very, very fortunate for that. Uh, and you know, we've done a number of other, uh, large accounts throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have one now with a company out in Oregon, Bridgewell Agribusiness. They are the largest, uh, importer of dried mango slices in the United States. Right. I met this guy on LinkedIn. I did, I do a lot of work on LinkedIn and, uh, I reach out to this guy's name is Randy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I said, Hey, you know, my name is Jim Frazier, you know, Grimaldi Candy Company, you know, we do a lot of different things. We can enrobe. We can custom pack. So he sends me a case of these uh, mangoes. Mm-hmm. He says, do something with them. So we, you know, we, you know, worked back and forth and did a number of things. We ended up coming up with three different scenarios. People sometimes just like plain. Yeah. But then we also did a dark chocolate. But the, what's unique about this, we don't enrobe and cover it, the whole thing. Mm. We just cover one side of the, the mango. So you can see the one side is covered in dark chocolate. Mm. You turn it over, you still see the mango. So I think that the overall optics of that is very appetizing to the customer because right. they get to see the mango and they get to see the chocolate. Mm. Then we also do a chili seasoned one where, you know, we spike a little bit with some jalapeno to where it's not overwhelmingly hot, mm. but it's something that's like, you know, wow, this is really good. Right, right. You got the texture, you got the taste, and that overall experience for the consumer 
is very, very good. Mm. So when we line these up, you have plain, you have dark chocolate, and you have the spicy, that really resonates very well with customers. And right now they're selling in all of the Safeways mm-hmm. uh, on the West Coast. They're also selling in HEB in Texas, and they're selling in Shaw Supermarkets up on the East Coast. And we're continuing taking that uh, into you know new markets as well, mm-hmm. along with the Grimaldi products. Yeah, well, we're going to talk more about the <clears throat> your expansion and sourcing of unique ingredients. Uh, you know, now that you are boutique, you certainly don't have to play all the big boy rules. You know, you could really be specific with where your chocolate comes from, and and and, and some of these things. If 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 um, if, I, if I may say so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like you could you could really just begin. You know, besides just being your own boss, but really create something that again is a little bit out of the box that you're not going to find from other chocolatiers or big house. You know. Uh, brands that that we all uh, are familiar with. Um, how, how does that feel? Kind of be, being able to have that ingenuity, you know, get to the kitchen as you mentioned before, and start from the ground up with with recipes. Having that type of flexibility is it's paramount, mm-hmm. especially in a, a small company like this. But I've always believed in innovation and creativity will lead to success. Mm-hmm. And some of the products that, that we have created and we're you know selling to our, our loyal customers today mm-hmm. came out of exactly that. You know, we have this idea for uh, this lemon truffle or, you know, a, a Java truffle or this caramel truffle mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Exactly what you just said is the evolution and the mindset of what we have at Grimaldi is we do take the, the our flexibility and our ability to be able to pivot mm-hmm. and go in any direction very quickly. But the innovation and creativity is really what I feel is the, 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 the real unique ingredient at, at Grimaldi. And this is how we deem success is when we create a product and we, you know, a customer buys it. Mm. And the first thing we get a call back and they say, we absolutely love this new product. This is great. And, you know, we get Facebook comments. We get people Mm. that, that will will just call us up and say, you know what, thank you for doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, with that, and we've built a very solid team at Grimaldi. Our employees do a great, great job. They're very dedicated they're dedicated not only to producing the products, mm-hmm. but they're also dedicated with the same mindset of customer is first. Right. You know, we supply the best high quality uh, product mm-hmm. to the customer and offer the best customer service. That goes a long way. You know, when you come into the stores and you get the sample and mm-hmm. you have somebody walk you through the different products, explain the ingredients and explain the overall experience, the taste, the texture, and what you expect to get out of it. Mm-hmm. By the time th- these uh, these employees, you know, explain this, it's almost like the customer's eating it. So, I mean, it, right. it, like I said, it goes a long way, and our mm. our employees do a very, very good job. Well, we're going we're to get into uh, expansion in a little bit, but let's first bring people back to the first steps. What was it like to uh, take an existing brand, and then you said you worked for the previous owner, and then you assumed it? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, did the process go smooth? Is there anything you would change about that? When what would you recommend to somebody who maybe is trying to get out of, like, say, their their company? You know, they're, they're heading into retirement age or whatever that may have you, and and they do, they want to pass it off, but they want to keep the legacy. They want to keep the the you know the good product and and, and everything that they've built up. You know, the reputation in the community. The the previous owners were great, mm-hmm. very very good people. They're local folks here. Uh, very great to work with, very, they're just very good people. Right. And I believe what the uh, previous owners seeing is that taking the Grimaldi brand and handing it off somebody with my type of experience mm. in the chocolate industry 
was a good fit. Right. You know, we moved here. We became part of the community. So now it just became a good fit. So that transition went very well. Right. You know, again, we're very fortunate to uh, be, you know, get to know the, the previous owners. Again, mm-hmm. they're very, very good people. And they were very helpful, and they're still very helpful, you know, in different parts of the business. So are you in the same manufacturing place that you started with? I mean, you assumed the manufacturing, all of the business, the employees. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you assumed the whole thing in, in one, you know, lump package. That is correct, yes. Okay. They're on, on US-1 in Rockledge. Right. Uh, we have a 20,000-square-foot facility wow. where we, you know, we, we produce all the chocolates, we mm-hmm. warehouse, we pack, and we ship everything from that facility. Right. So everything, Grimaldi, comes from there, from there mm-hmm. regardless if it's being shipped to California or to Texas or to New York. It mm-hmm. all comes out of that facility. Uh, we also have the retail store that's attached to the front of that building. Right. And then we just recently opened up a new store over in the avenues in Vieira. Yeah, we were going to talk about that um, because... N- how does a business know that it's ready to expand? You know, I mean, we're just getting demands. I mean, we're customers just like, I, I can't go to all the way to Rockledge. I need something more, you know, near 95, you know, where there's a lot of commuters, you know, like the avenues are right there off of 95. So, you, you know, you can almost get that, that, that commuting traffic, you know, uh, where a lot of people from all around the county could get to easily. Uh, what was the, what made you decide that now is the time to, to expand? So w- when you look at when you want to expand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to look at, what, what is your, your processing capabilities? What are your capacities? Mm-hmm. And as you look at what you currently are doing versus if we continue to expand, you know, produce, start producing more products, start looking at another, other, you know, areas around Brevard County, mm-hmm. we looked at uh, the avenues as being what we considered, we had the opportunity to make the next generation of Grimaldi. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, you know, we're always going to keep the same recipes. We're always going to be producing those same, you know, great Grimaldi products. Mm-hmm. But how can we take it and continue to enhance the customer's experience? And we found that opportunity in a facility over in Vieira. Mm-hmm. When you walk into that store over in Vieira, you immediately get, you know, you look up and you see these large chandeliers. You see beautiful things on a wall. You immediately get to see our Grimaldi chips. Mm-hmm. But then you also, you start looking around and you see some very unique giftable products. You know, we buy locally. Our honey, our soaps, and other things like that. So you get that, you get that unique experience, but you get a very, you know, upscale, mm. you feel to it. Right. But then as you look around, you also see some of the, the history of Grimaldi. Mm. We have a, a depositor from the very beginning up by the front window. So people can see that and, you know, I th- it's got to be 50, 60, 70 years old. I don't, right. I don't. <laughs> and then you walk a little further and you see a mixer, mm-hmm. you know, where we made caramels and creams and things like that. So it's, it's a good blend of. The next generation of, you know, it's an upscale store. Mm-hmm. We're offering many more unique items, the same great potato chips and the pretzels, you know, and, and all the truffles and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then, again, you get those unique giftables. You get that little flair, you know, that that sense of the, the history of Grimaldi as right. well. And that's very important. When, when, when we opened that store, we wanted people to come in and, and immediately say, wow, look at this. Right. But then also as they look, they look around, it's still Grimaldi. You know, but right. with those unique giftables and things like that. And, and I, I think that's important. You know, I think showrooms uh, should offer a little bit about the product, a little bit about the history of the company, because it, it allows that consumer to 
kind of get to be involved mm-hmm. and they almost feel like okay well i want to support you because now i know you so much you know exactly so much better and and then they really uh you know for me as a consumer when i see that as well i almost feel like i'm being included you know i'm, I'm being welcomed as someone in the family i'm being uh thought of even before i even enter the door that you know if, if it's got a, a a nice uh ambiance to it and it's inviting it's almost like you you're you're inviting people who who don't even know about you yet. You know, it's it's like you're building something for them that they're going to feel comfortable in. Uh, you know, as soon as they walk through that threshold of the doors, um, which I think is magical. And I really I would really recommend you know for most uh, businesses maybe consider that. You know, offer, you know, why you do what you do. You know, kind of thing. Tell a story. So you know, and again, just kind of go back to you know the Vieira store. Mm-hmm. Is that you know my wife Trisha has done a very good job with you know with the team at Grimaldi. Mm on making it very inviting. So when you first walk into the store, right. you get a big blast of Grimaldi along the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. You get some of that unique equipment, you know, from the history of right. Grimaldi there. But then you also, we, we, we she set up these tables to where it almost guides you into the store and around it mm-hmm. to where you can walk around and you can shop. And it's very important to us that we took all those different, you know, th- th- those thoughts and, and the understanding is that when that con- the, the customer walks in, Mm. We want them to be invited. We wanted them to say, wow, look at this. Right. And feel almost propelled that, you know, I want to go over here. Mm. I want to see this. I want to see that. And then when you walk straight back, you see our gold case with all the truffles and the caramels and all the haystacks and everything yeah. back there. And it just, you know, optically, it's very inviting. Mm-hmm. And then you, when you walk in, you smell the chocolate. So you mm-hmm. can't, I mean, that's a yeah. that's a plus right there. But we definitely took the the customer in full consideration in developing that store mm. and making sure that they have a an enhanced experience. Right. You know, obviously when they get their sample, they get, you know, the that chocolate. Mm. But then they get the smell, then they get some of the history. But then, you know, there's a lot of unique things on the walls that are, you know, very unique giftables and it's a uh, it's all about the experience and we do keep the customers and our loyal customers, right. you know, they are first and foremost. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm going through my punch list because I have, you know, so much to, to go over with you. And um, and can you believe it? We only got about 15 uh, minutes left. I would normally go to a break right now, but we're going to skip a break. So don't go anywhere, guys. I, I know some of you have been itching to to to, uh, to get up and refresh that drink or what what it may have you at your house. Uh, but we got we got to talk about some of these uh, th- these crazy things. Um, you have a ghost chili truffle. Who inspired that, and how popular is that? So you know what? That was actually a mistake one day. Oh, really? Yep. Somebody thought it was some type of sanding sugar, and it was ghost chili salt. And uh, obviously, we caught it. Didn't get out into uh, into the stores. Right. But then, you know, my uh, people started eating, and it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, taste this. Right. You know, then my wife, Trisha, she said, this is really, really good. Mm -hmm. So now we have a ghost chili truffle, but we also have ghost chili on our potato chips. Really? You can buy this ghost chili sprinkled on milk chocolate, potato chips, mm-hmm. or the dark chocolate. And these things are absolutely delicious. How have I not found that yet? That is, it's an oh unbelievable product. Unbelievable. See, I'm, I'm, I'm learning things it's too. It's great. Now, you call yourself a candy company. You specialize mostly in chocolate. Do you, but besides like the caramels, what other kind of, I mean, you don't do a hard candy or anything, do you? So we don't do any hard candies, but, yeah. you know, we do chocolates, we do truffles, we do caramels, mm-hmm. we do toffees, which is a hard a candy. Toffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hard candy. And we actually have 97 different SKUs that we make. 90, wow, that's a lot of product. That is absolutely a lot of yeah. product, yes. Amazing. Um, 
Now, you said you still have some goals. You're not finished with distribution. But what's it going to take for you to get to that next goal? I mean, you wouldn't really approach a, a, a Walgreens or, or, you know, a bigger, you know, uh, chain store like that, or, or would you? And what would it take for you in that 20,000-square-foot facility that you have now in order to complement that and make that something that's, that's, uh, that's a reality? So some of the, the, the reality things that we have done to continue to expand mm-hmm. – uh, in December, I was on Home Shopping Network. You and, were, yeah, we were live on Home Shopping Network, and that was a uh, that was a uh, an opportunity by itself. Just preparing for that, right? We did very well on that. Uh, we're very fortunate uh, to be you know slotted in right before Christmas. Oh, nice. I believe it was like on the the fourteenth or fifteenth or whatever it was. Yeah, but uh, we did very well with that. Uh, we're looking towards you know look working with uh, the sister, the QVC. Mm. Uh, we also did, and I believe we were talking about it earlier, uh, we're obviously with the current you know, environment out there, but mm. we, uh, a couple of years ago, we had a contract with a company that did all of the like gifts for the movie studios. Oh. So out in Hollywood, every time there was a movie that was completed, right. before everybody you know, parted their ways, everybody, regardless if you were the main actor or actress or the guy sweeping the floor, mm-hmm. everybody got something. So we ended up doing like 12,000 boxes of potato chips. They wouldn't tell us which movie it was for or what have you. Right. But that was kind of, you know, it was kind of, you know, neat to do that. And we have that as soon as everything gets rolling again, mm-hmm. uh, we have that as well to do that again. Those are your type of, of, you know, accounts and type of business that, you know, we can, you know, quite frankly, to be honest with you, it's higher margin business for us. Right. You know, in us being a unique uh, chocolate company, mm-hmm. uh, we do have a lot of flexibility the way we customize programs. But that's that's kind of our niche, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out and, you know, filling up a Walmart or something like that, we're better off, and it makes more sense for a company like us to do those unique set of, you know, th- mm-hmm. th- that type of business. Whether it's doing movie studios, doing the mangoes, right. doing a home shopping network, and going out and hitting the, the gourmet markets and things like that. Sure. Uh, we do business with, uh, you know, Green Turtle and Petties over in Babcock. Yeah, great. Uh, great those markets. are those are great yeah. clients. They're customers for us. As well, that's that's really our niche, right? And that's where I see the growth is. Okay, is that doing that type of unique business set? Am I ever going to be able to produce, you know, hundred thousand pounds of product today? Right. Probably not. Right. But will I be able to compete on a scale of profitability mm-hmm. with doing that, those type of unique accounts? Absolutely. Well, if you could if you could match that same uh, production uh, or, or lack of production, but still get those same results. Well, that's magic in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why, why, why stress and have to get, you know, expand and, and big warehouses and, 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 and that much more uh, of, of labor and payroll when you can stay small and, again, build, build those relationships? Uh, I, think, I think that is a secret to success. Absolutely. Is, um, is, is doing what you do and know your market and just wow that market. And be the best you can in right. that niche in that market. You know, we want to be the best at making – chocolate-covered potato chips. We want right. to be the best at making truffles. We want to be the best at making toffee. Mm-hmm. And I would put our products up against anybody else in the United States. Wow. Well, that, that's those, – those are some um, – yeah, that's that, that's pretty big of you, you know. I mean, the, you know, for lack of a better term, um, to, to mention that because there are some big – designer brand absolutely you know, i'm not going to mention them yep but a couple of them also start with a g uh but we, <laughs> but we won't go there i want to talk about more um you know you mentioned uh 
the uh, the Home Shopping Network and you know getting in front of you know some of these um, uh, Hollywood studios for their wrap up parties. Uh, what other claim to fame would you would you say you've you've had as well? You know, I, I I'm not so sure I would call this a claim to fame, right? But you know, we we take uh, a great role and responsibility in being good. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, community stewards Mm -hmm. you know we believe in community right so as much as i i gauge you know business business success Mm -hmm. i also gauge success on how well we are received right in the communities uh my wife and i and grimaldi uh we think it is very important that companies give back Mm -hmm. we believe in educating our our young folks Mm -hmm. we believe in supporting military personnel and their families as well and we've done a lot uh over the last several years to to do that yeah uh my wife and i are both you know uh very dedicated to uh you know animals yeah uh, i was uh, president of humane society for uh a while and uh i'm you know i'm out of that now mm. but my wife is still on the board of the humane society and we have uh three little rescue dogs Aww. in our house now and a uh, cat named bella and we <laughs> won't talk about her because sure. she'll probably be mad by the time i get home <laughs> but uh you know we 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 really believe in in being good community stewards mm-hmm. and that you know that falls on a couple different categories of being you know good business partners with other businesses right. within rockledge and you know in bavard county and also being open to make sure that that we're available to help as needed as well and, and that's important you know so so tell us about what the legacy of Grimaldi uh, is looking like what you know what do you want to leave for the uh, for, for your community for the the county of Brevard um, and and you know maybe for your employees you know for, for your customers where do you want to see Grimaldi go to and 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 provide for uh, and what's that going to look like like what, what's that magical uh, scene uh, you know will you know will you know when you arrive at it you know, have you been working towards it? Well, I don't think there's an expiration date on the Grimaldi brand. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to live on for, you know, past my lifetime and probably sure. some others. I, I think that the from the beginning to where it's at now, mm-hmm. we've taken the, the approach that the customer uh, is number one. Right. And we take great pride in producing high-quality products. And we take great pride in understanding what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always done very good at listening and taking feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see that changing 10 years, 20, 30, 50 years from now. Wow. I believe that same philosophy, the same recipes. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to change it. Right. You know, people love it the way it is. Will we start producing new products and, you know, developing, you know, things like that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But those Grimaldi potato chips... I don't think there's an expiration date on it. No, and you keep uh, mentioning those, and I, I, I got to ask, and maybe you can't ask, but where do you source the potato chips from? Are you, you, are you guys a potato farmer. Potato farmer? <laughs> but are, are those an in-house uh, uh, potato chip? So we have uh, we have suppliers that, okay. that we bring those in from. Gotcha. Uh, we also have suppliers for the chocolate, right. you know, we discussed earlier. But when we bring the, uh, the chocolate in, we do you know, formulate, put the, you know, the, the recipe for Grimaldi. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a normal chocolate. Right. You know, we do things with it that we feel enhance the flavor sure. and overall experience for the customer. But, uh, you know, those are proprietary things. And, of course, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to let the cat out of the bag right now. No, no, not, we're not asking for that. I just wanted <laughs> to know if it was an in-house potato chip because I think we all agree the potato chips are really remarkable. And, uh, and I suppose you would uh, uh, call those like your flagship or, or staple of, of a product. I mean, that that's... Is, is that the, your, your number one bestseller? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, our, our milk chocolate and dark chocolate covered Grimaldi potato chips, mm. that is a staple. I know. When somebody hears about the, the name Grimaldi, right. all, all you hear, I love those potato chips. Yeah. 
So that is definitely a staple. But when you come into our stores and you see all the different products that we do produce, right. we do a great amount of volume and, and all those other products mm-hmm. as well. But the staple is the Grimaldi yeah, chocolate yeah, potato it, chips. I mean, I, and, and, and just from speaking with you for, for the, you know, near close to an hour, Jim, um, you know, you mentioned it because I, I see the pride in your in your eyes. Absolutely, you know? I mean, your expression when you when you when you say that, you know, combination of words, you know, chocolate covered uh, potato chips. I mean, it it, it does it, it 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 creates a an arousal of of just anticipation. Like you know, you just want that that creamy, sweet, but salty and crunchy, you know, uh, texture uh, combination, which I, I think is just so satisfying. On so Absolutely, many, on so many levels. Absolutely. All right. Um, so I also heard that uh, some of your chips that we've been talking about have gotten to the senate Is yes that right? yeah we've been very very fortunate you know, uh rick scott when he was governor actually visited okay grimaldi a couple years ago and uh he re- i mean since he's become senator mm-hmm. i think this is maybe the second time he's actually ordered our potato chips mm-hmm. for the senate and he gave them out to all of his colleagues but the uh, the last batch we sent, we actually sent an extra one mm-hmm. to see if it could get over on Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, very so cool. We'll, 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 I'm not sure if it did or not. Right. <laughs> I'm sure somebody ate it, but hopefully it made it that far. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's 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 pretty cool. That's impressive. Yeah, it's very cool. That's, that's impressive. Very blessed and fortunate. Um, and I'm throwing my pen around. How about uh, the... The last, you know, as we're, as we're coming, oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, as we're coming down to the, the the end of the last few minutes, and this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much thank again you. for joining us. For thank you all me. for uh, uh, joining uh, behind the scenes with us on uh, on Facebook, and of course, all those who are listening after the fact. Um, how about, and and again, only because this is the climate we're in now. Um, what changes would you say you've maybe had to make? because of this COVID-19. And I really hope this is the last interview we have, we have to mention it. Um, but since it's com- you know come to where we're seeing now, you know people um, are told not to uh, you know close all non-essentials. I'm sure it sounds like you're essential. I really hope that they, they, they we are. suggest yep. you're essential. Um, but what does it mean now for, you know, you know, as far as, you know, the showroom with offering samples, uh, you know, uh, has you have you seen a slowing in production or, or orders being made? I think that the, this uh, the COVID nineteen has affected us all, right. regardless of what industry you're in. And first and foremost, our prayers go out to all the families Absolutely. that have been affected by yeah. this. And uh, that is, and again, first and foremost. So what we have done at Grimaldi is we've we've ramped up. We've always had a high level of sanitation quality, right. but what we've done now is we've ramped up to. Additional sanitizing, additional hand washing, additional cleaning. And we've also taken the step that at the Rockledge facility, we have the option of curbside to where you can actually pull into the parking lot. We have a large sign out in front, says open for business, has our phone number on it. Perfect. There's two lanes, lane number one, lane number two. Mm -hmm. You can pull in, you can call, place your order. Give them your payment information. Mm-hmm. They'll bring the product out to you where you never have to get out of your car or engage with anybody there. You still have the option to come into the store. We have hand sanitizer available, and we're very closely monitoring how many people come in at a time to make sure that we're practicing the distance, you know, the process and regulation. Right. But we, uh, we, we're, we're taking every precaution we can to protect our customers and our employees. Mm-hmm. And yes, it has affected our business. Yeah, we've obviously seen a a slowing of of people that are out and right. actually engaging in you know coming in and buying chocolate. Uh, we do feel a great amount of support in Good. the community. 
you know, Facebook phone calls and, you know, people are very appreciative that we are open. Uh, we're trying to do the very best we can to continue to supply our very loyal customers, right. you know, these Grimaldi products. But in the same time, we're taking every step in precaution necessary to protect them mm-hmm. and to protect our employees. Yeah. So so I'd imagine that the, the showroom hours have pr- probably been limited. Um, but I bet you're seeing a little bit more of the, the shipping increase as, as we starting to see, you know, through through other yeah. um, manufacturers. Yes, you can. You, you can call the uh, the phone number to three, two, one, six, three, eight, zero, seven, zero, two. And you mm-hmm. can place a shipping order. OK. Uh, and the hours for the Rockledge location, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 530. OK. On Saturday, 10 to f- 10 to five. We're closed on Sunday. OK. But over in the avenues, we're only open from 12 to five Monday through Saturday. Right now, we're closing on Sunday just because, you know, the business is slower. Right. Yeah. Um, any other last words as, as we're coming down to the last 90 seconds? Any kind of uh, thoughts or notes that maybe we didn't uh, cover that you'd, you'd like to, to put out there? No. The, you know, the, the main thing is I just want to show a great appreciation for all of our loyal uh, Grimaldi customers. Uh, Brevard County has been great, and we, uh, we love being here. We love to see people come in and talk about when they were little kids. They would come in, and now they're adults, and they have families. That means a lot to us. Uh, so there is a great appreciation for all of our very loyal customers. And I also want to to state and say that I appreciate all of our Grimaldi employees. Uh, they go above and beyond every day mm-hmm. to, to, to do the things that they do and to produce these products. And, uh, you know, I'm very appreciative of all of them as well. All right. One last time, Jim. Uh, how do people uh, make an order, whether it's curbside, shipping, or just get a hold of you to ask some questions? One more time. So you can still come into our stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call. The 321-638-0702 right. number and place an order uh, to where you can pick it up on curbside. Or you can just show up at the Rockledge location, mm-hmm. pull into one of the two slots, call the number, give them your payment information. Right. Or you can go over to our Vieira store Monday through Saturday, 12 to 5. We can also do curbside over there. Mm-hmm. You just have to call in ahead of that ahead of time. Gotcha. Even if you call the number in Rockledge, we can set it up for the Vieira. Very good. And do you have a website that people can maybe like uh, shop or maybe just browse your products? So GrimaldiCandies.com. Okay. You can go on there. It also has all the phone numbers and addresses as well. Perfect. That website is under construction right now. Okay. So the only way you can re- you can get a shipping order is if you call oh, I see. the phone number I gave you and place that order that way. And we hope the website's up very soon. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank Jim you. Frazier, Grimaldi Candy Company uh, in the studio. We really hope you guys enjoy this episode of Business Elite Brevard Edition. Uh, again, your host, Jesse Hall. Make sure you, uh, if you haven't subscribed to Space Coast Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, or anywhere you could find our podcast, uh, make sure you give us a, uh, a follow so you don't miss any other episodes. And uh, as always, you know, uh here's to your success and uh keep 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 business fun keep business uh less business (laughs) take care guys